somebody, is it possible? Oh, maybe not. I guess not. I, I can illustrate it from here. <clears throat> As I looked at this platform, I realized that we're celebrating his coming. We're also celebrate his leaving. And we're also celebrating his second coming. Amen. Amen? It's all one package. And we kind of segregate it, but it's all one package in the kingdom of God. I thought maybe to bring that cross to the forefront, but I see it's all decorated, and I don't want to mess it up. So, <clears throat> um, I just shared with you last Sunday how I, I had this cramp in my leg last week. I don't want to boast in my cramp. But it was a reality, and while I'm trying to get this thing out of my leg, God says to me, get up. I want to talk to you, so I got up. Uh, kind of limped my way out of the bedroom. God doesn't seem to be too concerned about what condition you are in when he talks to you. He just gets your attention. Anyway, and he said, this is what he said to me. The cross is the best place to be. The cross is the best place to be. And as I reminisced that thought, I got to thinking, uh, uh, everything is hinged. Our lives are all hinged on what was done on the cross. Everything. Our new birth, our victory, everything. And so it's the, it's the center of all truth. The cross is the center of all truth. And uh, which means... If, if something's the center of something, it means it has places that it influences and brings reality. The cross brings the reality to us of the will of God into our lives. And so the cross is more than just a death for sin. The real meaning of the cross was because the divine law was broken, that became sin. In other words, Adam and Eve broke the covenant. So it's not just it's not just sin, it's actually a broken covenant. And the broken covenant had to be restored. And it's just it's just amazing. And I also asked the question last week is who's God? Like who is he? Who who do we worship? Well, God is in the house, and the, the idea of God being in the house is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. For instance, the Father in the house is the will in the house. It's his will that's in the house. So as a believer... His will is in you because you are the house. So he actually put his will on us so that we could actually follow what he wants us to be like and do and say. The other one is um, Jesus is the provider. He provided 
His death on the cross provided everything we need. And the high priest is in the house. He's the high priest. He's in the house. The Holy Spirit has been sent, and he's in the house. And I think sometimes, in my way of thinking, sometimes I think in such little fragmented pieces, but actually there's so much to God, it's hard to comprehend it all. However, um, there is an economy in the kingdom that is spiritual and natural. And when we think of economy, we think of the ability to live, uh, to prosper, to increase, and so on. And then we have a recession. Well, there's no recession in God's kingdom. We're forever increasing. And there's no end to increase. And the reality of his word is this. I have blessed you with all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I mean, that is over the top. It's way beyond our human mind to even comprehend the magnitude of it. And so it's like the God, this is another aspect, the God who is not subject to time, space, or matter, lives in you and I. So we have a limitless God within us, within the, limitless, within the limits of humanity. I've got a two-part series on breaking limitations. But we, we are people who have the unlimited God within us. And I think, I think in the coming year, I believe God wants us to, I, I believe he's going to make us more focused. And, and I say that because of what he's doing in my life. For instance, I focus on last week, God, I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know, what do you want to say? And God said to me, it's not what you want to say, it's what I want to say. And I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> There's a difference. But anyway, so I focused on that. And so God wakes me up and says, just tell him the best place to be is at the cross. I mean, sometimes God is so simple, it goes. <coughs> so um, <clears throat> I said last week that I believe there's the, the coming year is going to be, God's going to intensify our focus. What am I focusing on? So for instance, for my life, I'm focusing on certain things right now since I've done this study. Number one, I have determined never to get upset with my wife again. I have to focus on that. Like, why should I get mad at her? <laughs> well, because of what she did. Oh, well, does God get mad at me because of what I did? And I think, I think God wants us to focus. If you focus on something, you actually become conscious of it. And when you become conscious of it, what happens is it challenges you. It challenges your discipline. I mean, it's like, I, I mean, my wife and I have, we have hilarious stories. But they weren't very hilarious when they were happening. 
So I believe God wants us to, he's going to create a focus. He's going to focus. When, when God speaks to you out of the word, focus. Take time to focus on, God, what are you saying to me? I know what I read, but what are you saying? In other words, how does this relate to me now? What, what are you trying to say in where I am in my life now? And that's focus. The other thing that I really feel in my spirit is, um, is anybody taping this? I want to thank Adrian yes, last week. He taped, people were wanting it and I didn't have it, but Adrian had it on Facebook, so I borrowed it from him. I believe the manifestation of his glory will be the centerpiece of the next move of God. Jesus said these words. He says, when he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, he said, you will see the glory of God. And you see, the essence of God is actually manifested in his glory. His glory is the emanation of who he is. So, for instance, uh, not long after we got this building established, I got up after worship, and there was a glory cloud right over this middle section here. And I, I, I stood behind her, and I said, hey, there's a glory cloud right in the middle section here. If you need healing, get it right now. And Pastor Ron Short was on a puffer, and he was instantly healed. So the manifestation of who God is is not just his words that we read in here. It's actually his totality because we read fragments of who he is, but when he manifests, he manifests all of who he is. And that's what I mean by that. Um, in Romans 9, verse 23, it says, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had before prepared unto glory. Hmm. For glory and unto glory. God is focused on his glory. He has to be because that's who he is. Uh, there, there, there's something that came to me and that was this. The life of Christ is illustrated in the Lord's Prayer. I said this last week. If you read the Lord's Prayer, you can go through the Gospels and see every part of his prayer being lived out. So here's what he said. This is how I want you to talk to my Heavenly Father, because by this I also lived. So the God supplied every need. He hung on that cross and he said, God, forgive them. God protected him from the enemy. It's, it's all in his life. But the crescendo at the end is, man. For yours is the kingdom. And it's like, after, after the prayer, it's like, yours is the kingdom. 
the power and the glory forever. It's not just thine is the kingdom. No, it's, it's a crescendo. It's an end to a magnificent prayer. It's an end to a magnificent exchange with Almighty God. It's more than just verbal to what I say. It is actually the experience of Jesus as he walked on this earth. And I'm thinking, I've never saw a prayer like that before. I just kind of just said it. But when you read it, so when God supplies our needs, oh, thine is the kingdom and the power. Thank you, Lord. It's your kingdom, your honor, your glory forever. And so he's forever the supplier. He's forever the protector. He's forever the forgiver. I don't know if I'm making any sense. The cross is the foundation for the fulfillment of all that is recorded in the New Testament economy. And I specifically use the word economy because we can relate to economy. God's economy is both natural and spiritual. It's not he just said, well, I'm going to supply all your spiritual needs. He will, but he also supplies all of our human, human needs. And it's like, oh, so the cross is the foundation for the fulfillment of all that is recorded in the New Testament. That's why it's a good place to be. It's the cross that facilitates our victory. It's the cross that facilitates us being becoming a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's the cross that, that severed me from the world and the world from me. The cross released every provision needed for a successful natural and spiritual economy. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about the riches of Christ. The early church's divine economy was based on doing and following everything Jesus said and demonstrated. That was their economy. No inflation. <laughs> Ever increasing. Bible talks about ever increasing. We are ever increasing in the kingdom through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We, we, we are, God is not, God's economy is not depressed. It is not something that, well, I don't know if I can supply that for you. No, God's economy is complete 
all provisions are available through faith. The Holy Spirit is the center of the fulfillment of what Jesus demonstrated and declared. That's why he wants us to be led by the Spirit. Because the Spirit leads us into the fulfillment, everything he said and everything he illustrated. The magnitude of the will of God in our life is more than just waking up in the morning and having breakfast. In the book of Galatians, um, we're reading a verse. Let's see if I can find it here. Oh, there it is. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Which means this, the new creation is not part of this world. And neither is the world part of the new creation. So we were, when we got born again, we were severed from the authority and the fruit of the world. We were severed from it, and the world was severed from us. Now just think, when Paul got that revelation, what was God trying to tell Paul? Paul, I severed you from this world, and I severed the world from you. That's the power of the cross. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, but the new creation, or the new creature, it's a new creation. So the new creation is the availer. So you and I are availers. One of the ways we avail is through the Lord's Prayer. We avail much. The cross avails much. It's the center of all truth. And as many as walk according to this rule, <laughs> this is good, as many as walk according to this rule, Peace be on them and mercy upon the Israel of God. By what rule? The world is separated from us and we're separated from the world. The new creation is not a citizen of this world. Hallelujah. I'd like to just go to a passage in James. It says, the, the prayer of a righteous person avails much. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. The prayer of a righteous person has the means. It's the means. So the Lord's Prayer becomes the means by which we Move forward. 
it avails much. It avails much. And seeing as how we're praying for 40 days, I thought it would be kind of interesting to kind of look at this for a moment. So the, the prayer of a righteous person is robust. It is strong. It has strength. It has ability. It has power, both physical and spiritual. Just think of that. Your prayer, this is the nature of a righteous man's, a righteous person's prayer. It avails much. The prayer is what you pray is able. Not you, but what you pray is able. Is able. And it has this attitude of I can. One who avails always has the attitude of I can. <laughs> Not I can't. Hallelujah. We can. We actually can because I don't think we really realize how powerful God sees our prayers. He's trying to describe to us what our prayers are really like. They are powerful. They have ability. They have, they have God that backs up everything. God backs up the, words prayer, the Lord's prayer. He backs every word in it. So for instance, if you forgive, you automatically get forgiven. Forgive those who trespass with you as I forgive. Forgive me as I forgive those who trespass against me. Oh. So what did Jesus do? He hung on that cross and he said, Father, forgive them. Innocent as he was, he could have come up with all kinds of excuses, but he didn't. And his forgiveness availed much. You and I experience his forgiveness. It's, um, the, the Lord's Prayer is a prayer of value. It's also a prayer of profit. And it's a prayer of advantage. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we come into agreement with the Father of Heaven that gives us the advantage. Are you there? You know, I, I've never, I never thought of it this way. The fact that Jesus followed the will of the Father gave him an advantage. He had an advantage over everything, even 
the rejection. And I'm thinking, Lord, you lived what you want us to pray about, how you want us to pray. It's, it's, a, it's a picture, it's a small picture of the fulfillment of his life. How much time have I got left there, Daniel? I know, what, what time is that? 40 minutes or 40 seconds? I'm over time. Oh. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll draw this to a conclusion. I'm looking, I'm thinking, I still have 55 minutes left. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, increase. I'm just going to make this as, a, as kind of a last statement. It's the Lord's Prayer is a force of efficacy, efficacy um, of value, an advantage, and the ability to achieve. And seeing as how I'm over time, I'll shut it down. <laughs> Amen. The Lord's Prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you. What can we say, Lord, except thank you? We don't understand it all. We don't know it all. But we thank you for your provision for our success in life. In Jesus' name.